you're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Hi, I'm Tyson Franklin and welcome to this week's episode of Podiatry Marketing. With me, as always, my trusty co-host, Big Jim Mack. How are you doing today, Jim? Tyson, doing well, doing well, feeling uh, bigger than ever. You know, get back in the gym today. Uh, Get, get my get my lift on uh go up for some runs you know i think life is good here in montreal i've got no complaints do you do weights or anything like that do you um or you just run ah uh, i do some weights now you know i'm getting to that that mid 40s when you know your your t or testosterone starts to dip and it makes sense to uh you know i don't want to be old and weak so you know i've got to get <laughs> into the gym a little bit not that i'm lifting uh mega weights but i definitely do a little bit of lifting old and weak i got a rotator cuff problem at the moment it's oh, just bugging me, yeah. And the worst part about it, I can't remember what I did. It's just all of a sudden <laughs> it, I heard it. It's light life. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, fun and games. So other than all our medical issues, what are we talking about today? Well, today we're going to talk about why podiatrists can't live off Google alone. I think, uh, you know, it's been a pretty good 10 or 15 year run where things like Google Ads, you know, Google Search, Google Business Profile, you know, it used to be called Google My Google My Business. A lot of these things have worked really well for a long time, uh, and a lot of podiatry clinics and a lot of other marketers put kind of put all of their eggs into the Google basket. But you know, like everything else in life, you know, things change, and you know, it it may be worth uh, kind of p- for people to evaluate their current kind of marketing stack. What are they doing? How diverse is their marketing? Because you know, maybe in three to five years. Maybe Google's no longer the king. If you've always been doing Google-related things, uh, you may find yourself, uh, you know, kind of falling behind. So today is just kind of talking about a little bit why Google's where it's at, and then ways to kind of diversify your your marketing stack. It's actually quite refreshing to hear this because, for, like you said, the last ten or fifteen years, everything has been Google, Google, Google. If you're not on Google, if you're not using Google, then you're you're falling behind. Or old school marketing is dead. You've got to be doing Google ads. And now you're saying that, well, you're explaining that Google is now even having its run. Things are starting to change. Yeah, definitely things are changing. You know, for a while there, there was a kind of big push towards uh, kind of voice search, you know, these kind of audio assistants, whether it be Amazon, obviously Google had their own as well, you know, Siri from Apple. There's a lot of people concerned that, you know, people are going to no longer be typing things into text boxes. They're going to be speaking it out loud. So, there was a time when that seemed like that was the thing that was really going to be moving the needle when it comes to marketing or the way that people find information, you know, searching, you know, hey, Siri, who's the podiatrist near me? Or I, my foot, you know, my foot hurts. Where, what clinic should I go to? And speaking it out loud. But we've kind of noticed a little bit that some of the stuff has fallen off. The Amazon Echo is not something that's really that popular these days. People still like to type on their smartphones and into Google uh, on their desktops and laptops. So that's kind of fallen away. But the thing that started to kind of take over now, and you probably hear it a lot in the mainstream media these days is, you know, chat GPT, AI, and even some different uh, Google competitors have kind of started baking in some of these features into their web browser, into their search engine. For example, Bing, it has a very tight relationship as Microsoft has a tight relationship with uh, the, the the makers of ChatGPT, which is a company called OpenAI, and it's baked into their, that search engine. So, you know, it's kind of a time of wonder what's going to happen next. You know, Google has their own uh, uh, AI that they'll probably try to work into their own search, but 
things are kind of changing a little bit. So it's a good time for people to realize that the way people find their, you know, the way that people are looking for podiatry services or looking for someone to, you know, to go see in a clinic that might be adapting um, and changing. So clinics have to be kind of on their toes as far as, you know, what worked five or 10 years ago is not working now. Um, but maybe it's working now a little bit, but you have to be ready to, to make some changes uh, down the road. Yeah, it's amazing because even in when I wrote the world's greatest podiatry book, it's no secret there's money in podiatry. When I wrote that, and that was nine years ago, I make a comment in there about Google that at the moment Google is the the king of search and all that. But I said, who's to say in the next ten years that everyone's going Google who? Well, nine years <laughs> we still know who Google is, but I think it's interesting how these other changes are coming about, and I do recall not too long ago, where they were really pushing that voice was going to be the way people search. That's all they would do is just talk to their phone or their device that was on their uh, desktop and that would do all the searching for them. But it sort of just didn't didn't really take off. Why do you think that? Why do you think that did not take off? I mean, I think people are, you know, we're out in public and, you know, it's easier just to type things into text, text box. I mean, I'm sometimes at home by myself. But even then, I think there was also some concerns about you know, whether it be Google or Amazon, were they only limiting uh, the time when you kind of activated the device to listening? I think there's some people concerned that I, I've had this happen to myself, even with my my iPhone. If I have the Facebook app on, you know, on my phone, like, am I for sure that that app is not running kind of in the background? So I think there's some concerns with people that, you know, some privacy aspects yeah. of things, but it's also just habits you know i think a lot of us are just really used to text input when we're searching for things and to kind of speak it out into the air felt kind of odd even though i guess people are pretty willing to have you know airpods on and kind of <laughs> walk down the street you think someone's talking to themselves but they have airpods on but you know i think it is that it's a habit thing but i think also you know texting something or doing it on your phone just feels a little bit more of a privacy uh situation there yeah and i have had times when i'll be a conversation with you or you're with people and all of a sudden your your watch will go off and we'll start saying oh can you please repeat that i didn't hear what you said and go well i wasn't talking to you in the first place <laughs> or it'll just start saying well the set and then it'll start randomly talking to you and you go no i wasn't asking you any questions this was just a personal conversation so you know your devices are sitting there in the background listening to what you're saying plus there's all these people in rooms that are listening in <laughs> as well yeah i mean living in quebec there was a point in time when i enjoyed kind of being around french people or hearing the french language because i didn't have to pay attention to it because i didn't understand it right but yeah. uh the longer i've lived here the more i understand things now so like, and you realize i'm talking about you <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um but that being said you know i get this podcast isn't really about just slamming google i think it is something that's worked really well for a lot of clinics and it works for the clinic the, the clinics i work with right now very well um, because you know Google is this kind of magical thing that takes people's like problems or they need some type of information and usually matches it very well with a result in in the search results. So you know I think it is what's going to disrupt Google is going to have to be pretty great because it is a very you know compelling service and it's something that you know ha has really added a lot of value to be able to kind of find answers to all you know yeah. almost a lot of different questions so today is not really necessarily about like oh it's it's horrible it's going away but it is important to consider some diversification because if you become over reliant on google right yeah, like, i was going to say that um, are there risks involved like because i know 
not just podiatry, but I know other businesses, when I ask them, oh, what's your marketing strategy? What's your plan? And they go, oh, we yep. just put everything into Google Ads. <laughs> everything is, that's all they do. Well, the thing is, yeah, you're definitely uh, kind of at their at their mercy at times, right? You know, there's these things that it won't sometimes make sense, but maybe one week you're ranking number one for podiatrists in your local area. And then, you know, they have a change to the algorithm and then which basically means the way that they rank the different, uh, you know, the results that come onto the page. Maybe they decide they don't like your website. You know, they have they have these crawlers that go onto your website and see something and they think that maybe you're trying too hard to rank for something and it's not an authentic or your your, your, page, your web page or your website isn't as authoritative as somebody else. So yeah. they rank higher, but it's at their whim to change this algorithm whenever they choose to. And it can have pretty catastrophic results for not, I haven't seen it happen a lot with clinics. I've ha I've seen some traffic drop off due to algorithm changes, but there's certain, I would say people that are on the fringes, right? Maybe you hired a, a marketing agency that does what we call kind of black hat tactics, trying to do everything you can to get to be number one. And it's not always a legitimate page or they're doing things a little bit kind of on the sly that's that Google doesn't like. Um, you know, so there's some of these changes in these algorithms that can really hurt websites from ranking. And that's something to be really aware of. I'm not sure if you, you run into that at all, Tyson, but that, that's a pretty common thing. I have heard of people years ago trying to do sneaky things where they would have like a black area on their web page and they'd have black text written in there and it was just purely <laughs> just cans 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 or yeah los angeles los angeles and they they would just stack all these words in there thinking well no one can see that they're there but this is why we're ranking but then google spanked them for doing that sort of thing yeah, the, those kind of black hat tactics, uh, Google can kind of, like I said, they're, they're bots that, that scrape those pages and look at those pages are much more sophisticated than they were, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. So it really is not a great idea to, to do those things. But, you know, sometimes desperate marketing agencies or people that just really want to like prove, you know, amazing results um, as fast as possible will sometimes, you know, lower themselves to do those types of things. So are you saying, are you saying that sometimes they can do, the wrong thing and can get you ranked high really early on but then when the bots come through and they look at it and they go nah then they push you straight back down do you get punished long term for that like if your website was continually producing pages that ranking high and then they're going nah that's rubbish do they eventually just yeah, go you're not going to be ranking high no matter what you do yeah, there's definitely different ways that, um, you know, we've talked about this in the past, but Google is kind of a black box. So some people will try certain things and, and it'll work for a while, but definitely can lead to kind of your domain name, right? Let's say you have yeah. your clinic domain name. That that's that kind of reputation kind of goes back to the domain level. So if you're a website or domain name has been constantly kind of testing the limits or getting caught by Google, then, you know, it's kind of on the uh, the naughty list from Google. And uh, <laughs> you, you may you might, you know, suffer kind of long-term consequences for that. It's not something that's just like, oh, we'll change it back to something good and it'll be okay. Yeah. Um, it can have really bad, a really bad Im impact on on your ranking on a, long on a long-term basis. Um, another thing that's really important to consider, you know, the risks of kind of over-reliance on Google is that, you know, in the early days, it was easy to get traffic uh, relatively. But now every, most people know about Google and most yeah. people are really trying to be competitive, uh, not only on the organic search or on the Google's business profile, but also the Google search ads. And what happens there is that, especially with search ads, you know, you're, you're now you're kind of competing against other local providers for terms like 
podiatrist near me or a podiatrist with the name of your, your town or the name of your city. So, you know, these are based off, these search ads are based off of an auction mechanism, right? So if multiple people are bidding on the same search terms, you know, there's only a certain amount of search volume that's available for those terms. And there's only certain terms that are really kind of what we call like low funnel, right? What are those people that are typing into Google right now to find a podiatrist? There's only going to be so many of those searches per day. And if 30 clinics are bidding for those, you know, you can kind of get into a bidding war. So it's important to know that, you know, prices on Google ads kind of go up over time. There's ways to, you know, be more specific. Like I said, if you're you're, you're, as long as you're targeting those lower kind of funnel keywords, that's one way to kind of limit your spend. But you know, there's some some uh, you know marketing providers that are willing to kind of bid on all kinds of terms, whether it be you know foot pain or plantar fasciitis. When you kind of bid on really generic terms or terms that maybe like big national brands or um, you know big uh, manufacturers of different products w- would want to bid for, if you're going against the big boys. You know, and you're a small clinic and a local clinic, the return on investment for that type of uh, kind of marketing spend on Google is really not going to be beneficial for you. So it's important to realize that the level of competition and the way you bid on keywords in these in these Google ads is really, really important. And if people are too over reliant on that part of Google, it can really come back to bite you. So if a podiatry clinic is in a smaller town where there might only be half a dozen podiatrists and only one or two of them are actually using Google Ads, then that isn't going to be so much of a drama. It's more if you're in New York City (laughs) and there's more than six podiatrists and you're trying to rank number one to be podiatrists in New York City and you've got a ton of them that are all fighting for that. It could cost you an arm and a leg. No, it could cost a little arm and a leg and it's like this, it's kind of this like this, um, the Goldilocks, right? Kind of the right balance, right? You live in a big city that has a high density of people then there's a lot of podiatrists and a lot of people to bid against you. Yeah, you live in a you live in a small town. There's less people, less search volume. You'll pay less, but you'll have less people to draw in. So it's yeah, it's kind of a bit of a balance there with um with that opportunity. But like I said, it's more and more people are aware of the power that it can provide. So it does get more expensive over time. So what would you suggest podiatrists do? Yeah, so I think it's really important to people to kind of look at where their spend is going in their current marketing plan, right? Like maybe from a percentage level, what are you spending with Google Ads? What percentage is going to your website? What are you spending on SEO? What are you spending on a newsletter? Are you doing anything on social, whether it be paid or organic? And, and just really kind of figuring out, you know, what's a long-term diversified approach you can take to make sure that you're not caught off guard. You know, if Google is, you know, 20 or 30% of your um your marketing spend per month, that's probably like in a healthy range. I would say anything under 50% right now is pretty reasonable. Yeah. But if you're in the 80 to 90% and everything is going through Google ads and you're just doing Google related stuff, you know, maybe that's time to consider, you know, what other platforms are available to increase kind of your visibility? You know, what other kind of, you know, is there Facebook ads? Is there some segment of the population or segment of your local, um, your, your local community you want to get in front of? And are there ways, you know, if you, you know, you're working with a lot of, if you want to work with seniors, for example, you know, what are some of those channels you can reach out to them? Maybe they're still listening to the radio. Maybe they're still watching TV. Maybe they read newspapers still. What are some ways that you can kind of get in front of those eyeballs? Um, but you have to really kind of, it's, it's a risk, right? Everything in life is a risk. And what you're trying to do is, you know, not put all your eggs into the, the Google basket, you know, back off a little bit, you know, understand what are those, you know, maybe something's worth, you know, maybe think, you know, we, we joke a little bit about TikTok, right? But like yeah. maybe 
a 10% ad buy on TikTok may be something to experiment with and see if that actually leads to people making an appointment in your clinic. Um, you know, there's different ways to kind of approach these different channels and working with the marketing provider that you work with to say, hey, like, how are we making sure that, you know, AI doesn't eat Google's lunch or how we can we, you know, test out some of these channels that younger people are using. So that's, that's what I would say initially is kind of audit what you're currently doing, see if there's any kind of risk you know, are you kind of over allocating to one of these different channels? And if you, you know, if you aren't great, but if you are, there's definitely some ways to, um, you know, spend in some, on some different channels that can provide a significant amount of return on investment. Well, it's even when you were talking before about, you know, senior citizens, older people, and I know my mum, she is 79 this year and she's forever on YouTube. And I've heard of YouTube advertising has actually been picking up quite well over the last couple of years yeah that's the thing about you know these social ads whether it be facebook ads or youtube ads you can usually you know put it just in your local area right you can kind of put a, a fence around maybe it's five miles or 10 kilometers around you know where your clinic is at and you can kind of feed some of these different ads to people in those local areas to provide you know some visibility and some awareness of the care that you provide you're probably not going to get the same kind of roi as someone typing in specific things into you know Google to find the podiatrist near them. But at the same time, if you're looking to kind of gain awareness that you exist or that maybe you have a very specific type of treatment for a new, you know, have a new piece of medical equipment, maybe it's like Swift for warts or, you know, maybe you're doing shockwave therapy or something like that that can, you know, really benefit patients in local area and is not something they would search into Google. Something like YouTube or Facebook ads is something that definitely can look into. Yeah, I remember a diagram that I draw when I'm doing coaching clients, you might do this big circle and and that big circle might represent who their ideal patients are. But within that big circle, there's a lot smaller circle and that smaller circle is who needs you right now. So you might say your ideal patient is, yeah, 40 to 45 year old male who's active, but they may not have foot problems right now. But who who does have those problems right now? And it's, and it's then... Also finding out the people that are aware that they actually need to see somebody. So sometimes, you know, you can have a sign up that says, you do have heel pain. And the person's going, I do have heel pain. I just thought I had to put up with it. So <laughs> it's education over a period of time as well, which comes back to like the content on your website and, and making sure the information is there. So when somebody eventually says to them, oh, you got heel pain, maybe you see a podiatrist and go, oh, Okay, heel pain, podiatry, and it's in your area as well. And I think it's one of those things is like multiple touch points, right? Like maybe someone won't remember you right away, but if they, they see the ad two to three times, you're top of mind. And when they do have a problem or someone in their family has a problem, you know, they recognize who you are and you become an option uh, for, for their care. And I think there's there's definitely like, you know, so how do people kind of, once they kind of audit, you know, what are those other channels that we talked about uh, to kind of jump into or explore? Yeah. I would say I would say that you know the, the different platforms is starting with other search engines or other places where you know medical um, specialties are kind of visible. So that can be you know Bing, like I mentioned, has, has kind of incorporated some AI into their search. It's kind of gaining some popularity these days. So obviously, it's not as big as Google yet, and it's going to take a long time to be really competitive with Google. But uh, Bing is one opportunity. It's pretty easy sometimes to actually. Um, transport over like Google ads over to Bing uh, to they have very a very similar ads platform so that might be an opportunity and there's also other kind of you know review type websites whether it be Yelp health grades vitals 
those are other places you definitely want to be aware of that are out there. You know, I, I would say that Google's reviews is also a huge platform and is probably still the dominant one you should be focused on. But you know, if you have a, a one star over on Yelp or on Health Grades, those definitely should be addressed. But that's kind of the, the kind of the general platforms to be aware of. And then you know, obviously making sure your website is is up to date and you know really professional and really helps answer questions that patients have. You know, when they're searching for things in your local area. You want your name and your website to be number one whenever possible, whether that be on Google as some AI bot or Bing or something, you know, by having an authoritative website that really explains who you are and how you help people uh, can really, really be beneficial. And that's a, a long term strategy. And that's something that that you own, you know, you're ranking on Google or you know, even on Google ads, that's something you're kind of paying for, or yeah. you know, you're paying for time or effort to do SEO and you have no control of that. But you can control your website and the image you portray on your website, whether that be on the web pages you build, the blogs you do, the content marketing, the SEO on that page to make sure that it's as good as it can be and really uh, displays your expertise so people can see that uh, this kind of own channel that you own is, is really, really important. And I've seen that where somebody has done some form of advertising online, it might be Google, it could be YouTube, whatever it was. I will click on it. It'll take me through to their website. And then when I look at the website, I'm like, oh, I'm underwhelmed by it. It's so not what I was expecting. The ad was so much better than the website. And you've gone to the website to get more information. And then when you get there, the information isn't there. And you go, well, that was, a, that was a lost opportunity. Then you go to a competitor and you buy from them. No, for sure. It's when they don't have that kind of like, when the ad doesn't match your expectations on landing page on that website, if it's a total mismatch and the trust isn't kind of, transported over yeah it leads to people bouncing and a waste of a click and really the ad you have to have that a web page and a website in place that displays that expertise so people feel you know comfortable and you kind of build trust along that process um, another way to build trust and get to know patients is through email marketing and like i mentioned you own your list we've talked yeah. about this in the past you don't you're not renting your list from someone You'll be able to export your list if your email marketing provider isn't doing what you want. You, though you own those emails as long as you have permission from your patient. So, you know, sending out consistent emails, you know, can really be helpful for patient retention, patient activation, and really builds long-term relationships with patients. You know, whether it be you know showing and displaying that the care you provide, or like you talked about in the past, sometimes you know showing the personality of who you are and and your staff is can really endear people to you. Same thing. Email marketing is super important. And that's all on that topic too. And that's one of the things that the the bigger your email database is, or and we've said before that your database is gold. I know businesses that will buy other businesses purely based on the size of the database because they know everything else about the business can be can break or change, but the database is so valuable and it's it's building that over a long term and then it's yeah, maintaining it and nurturing it. No, for sure. I think it is it is a slow grind. It's just one email at a time. But like you talked about, over years or decades, it can lead it can lead to a massive email list. And like I talked about, you can build trust, build these long term relations with people. It's not only the people that are on your list, but also their network. It's their family that can really draw um, potential patients from. And you know, it's a huge asset, not, not only to a, you know, if you're going to sell a clinic, but if you own that list in your own clinic. The last little area I talk about is that. 
you know, there is definitely room for social. Um, you know, the, the organic social reach isn't great these days on kind of really uh, older platforms like Facebook and Instagram. Mm. You're not going to get too far with that, but you know, maybe some new ones like you talked about. You know, joking a little bit about TikTok or Snap chat or other places maybe you can get a little further um on the organic reach um it's not an area that a lot of people are, are utilizing but maybe if you're looking for a younger population that might be something to consider and there's also paid advertising so if you really want to get in front of people with a specific message or certain diet want to treat a certain diagnosis or provide a certain type of care these paid ads uh, can provide that um and last not not least i would say that making sure you're approaching things through a local perspective i think a lot of it's the biggest kind of mistake I would see that a lot of clinics do these days, both podiatry clinics and other medical providers, that they don't endear themselves to the local area. Or maybe there's the name of where they're located at in the very bottom of the footer on the webpage. But you really need to have pages built out to show the suburbs or the, the areas of the city that you treat. So you rank really well uh, when people are you know, searching maps or uh, doing local searches. And uh, you know, the, the last but not least is kind of this, you know, this artificial intelligence, AI, chat GPT. There's just still a lot. These things are kind of being built into search engines. But it's important to kind of know that um, this could be pretty disruptive to this industry. So, you know, whether it be, you know, you're taking that first step to kind of you know audit what you're currently doing in your marketing, making sure you're not over aligned on Google. You definitely want to allocate a, definitely a, a reasonable amount to Google still. We're not at the point where it's dead and you shouldn't allocate to it. But just being prepared that, you know, over the next three to five years or even 10 years, we'll see if Google is still the dominant player when it comes to local search marketing, uh, whether it be paid, organic, reviews. You know, times are a changing. Mm. Um, and it's important to really be proactive when it comes to this stuff and work with a, you know, a podiatry marketing provider that, is aware of these things and making sure that they're experimenting uh, in ways to to make sure you're staying ahead of the curve. Yeah. So, and what, what I'm hearing in a lot of what you're saying is, like, what works today may not work tomorrow. So it's you've always got to be looking at your marketing strategy, planning ahead, keeping track of, of trends, things that are actually happening, listening to podcasts like this one, to just just hear information and sort of be aware of if nobody's thought about. Google ads may be sort of declining and other things are on the increase. Just becoming more aware of it and then start looking at what you're doing and going, okay, do I need to talk to somebody about this? Do I need to just reassess what I'm doing? But it's just being aware that, like I said, what worked now may not work next week, next year, or the year after that. Yeah, like I talked about, it's, you know, it, Google has kind of dominated the local search and advertising scene for such a long period of time. And it, because it is such an amazing product, but, you know, like I talked about in the past, that they, they are a black box and they're always changing things. And, you know, they, they themselves might get disrupted. You know, they disrupted the yellow pages. So who does, who's to say that? True. You know, the second, you know, the second coming of the yellow pages is going to come eat Google's lunch. But I think it is, you know, just being aware of these things are, are out there. You know, and being proactive is really the two most important things. Awareness uh, and being proactive with yourself and with the marketing provider you work with. So who do you reckon Yellow Pages beat? <laughs> like just thinking back, like yeah, Google Google crushed Yellow Pages that nobody would go to the phone book now and look up something when you've got your computer phone and everything in front of you. But when Yellow Pages came out, did they crush somebody else or did that was just a new it was a new idea. Maybe, it was putting everything in like one place. Store, storefront signs or clinic front signs i don't know like yeah. i'm trying to think of walking around town like a low like probably back in those days you had a lot of town squares you know smaller smaller places and probably it's 
your proxim pro your physical proximity to somewhere probably had a lot more of an impact on probably word type of, math. of probably word word yeah. of mouth marketing yeah. yellow pages yeah beforehand i would say hey jim i need a i need a painter who would you recommend but then a book came out so oh, there's a whole pile of painters in here i go to the painting and, then, and all of a sudden i don't i'm not reliant on word of mouth as much yeah definitely word of mouth i think the proximity thing i think is huge though too i think some people get kind of we used to live in a very i would say hyper local like yeah. uh uh, I mean, do you know where you live? You know, uh, even with cars and things, you don't necessarily, you know, I, I take it for granted now. Like when I was having some issues with my feet and ankles, I, I went to see a podiatrist up in the Chicago suburbs. And I felt like that was like, you know, that was about two and a half hours from where I grew up. And there were podiatrists, you know, 10 or 15 minutes away from me. But we decided to go see the kind of best. And I think that was, you know, we didn't find him in the, you know, the yellow pages. So I think you're, you're right. The kind of word of mouth um and finding ways to generate that word of mouth is hugely important so you know as much as i love digital channels you know uh these these supplement uh, word of mouth and uh it could be a very powerful tool but i think like talked about just you know figuring out you know where are you allocating your marketing funds and uh you know kind of being proactive are the kind of two things that hopefully people will take away from today's show yeah and it'll be interesting like you said 10 years time you look back at this particular episode and you go <laughs> jim was bright Jim knew well, what hope, was happening. Uh, hopefully, that's going to be the case. Not knock on wood. And hopefully, we we've bought a lot of shares of whatever came up next. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Okay, Jim, this has been fantastic. I look forward to talking to you next week. All right, Tyson, sounds great. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address: podiatry.marketing.